you literally just started clicking as I pressed record. That's okay. That's right. how the world works. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Send Me an Invite. I have with me my pride and joy, my little baby sister. Krista, introduce yourself. Here I am, Krista Gianna Brignoni, the first. How's everybody doing? Happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on because you're actually the opposite of what Send Me an Invite is all about. Oh. Yeah, because if you think about it, Send Me an Invite is all about wanting to be included socially and in the business setting, and you want nothing to do with anything socially. None. And you hate talking to people at work, coworkers, anything. That's the worst. So you're actually the anti send me an invite. So it's this is going to be a struggle just to get you to talk, but I'm going to give you some <laughs> questions. So we asked everyone on Instagram last night to send in some questions. I personally love so many of them, but let's go with uh, a few that I have screenshotted here. First question, would you consider yourself a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets? Yeah, 100%. You would? Yeah. Uh, Another question we have, if you had to choose Edward or John, who would it be and why? Edward, because he's my pride and joy and my flesh and blood. That's kind of like a no brainer. I gave birth to him, so. Okay. What sets you apart as a Brignoni sister? Well, I'm the most youthful, for starters. I think, no offense, I think that I have the best head on my shoulders. No offense. In what way? In always. <laughs> you don't think that I have a good head on my shoulders? And no, I do. I just think I have the best head on my shoulders. I think I'm I very rational and smart. And I don't mean this that you and Carla are not. I just think that I have a better sense of life. (laughs) I highly dis I cannot disagree enough. Okay. My next question. Tell us about Martina's awkward phase. I don't know if she had one. I mean, you definitely had like a weird period in I would say like middle school when you used to wear like white eyeliner and vans and like you were in between being like a tomboy and the cool girl and also trying to become your true self I think my true self is between a tomboy and a cool girl I don't know I would say you're pretty girly I like I don't think now you're tomboy at all but like you used to wear your hair in like that stupid bun Literally every day you had that stupid mushroom bun. You know what I'm talking about? Where like you fold your hair. I do. Yeah. Yeah. You used to do that and you would wear like graphic tees from like Abercrombie. I just remember the white eyeliner. It was so ridiculous. But I think you were like trying to like wear makeup and stuff, but like you didn't feel comfortable with it yet. And you were trying to just navigate like how do I be feminine, but also like down with the dude. (laughs) So to be clear, my awkward phase was exactly like every other girl's awkward phase. Every girl wore that white eyeliner back then. I didn't. Well, your awkward phase was a whole different story. All right. <laughs> Next question. Why do you let your doggies eat all your furniture for dinner? Because I don't care. They can do whatever they want to do and material items are replaceable. And a dog's happiness and well-being is above and beyond all else. I mean, like... It's annoying and everything. Yeah, I get that, but I don't, I just don't care. All right. And the last question we'll do, 
why aren't you actually coming to Dallas? So let me preface this. All my sisters and friends from Rochester are coming to Dallas for my birthday and Krista casually opted out at the last minute. <laughs> okay. In keeping with the entire theme of this podcast, I don't like socializing and I don't like that kind of scene. So for starters, that's why I'm not going, but also I'm going to be in Syracuse on the Friday before and it didn't really make sense like what I would fly in that Saturday and leave that Sunday. That's just kind of a lot and I love you, but I don't love you that much. So, Okay, I'll give you that pass. So the interesting thing about Krista is that we all have times when we don't want to do something when we sign up for plans and then we're like, shit, how do I get out of this? We make up a white lie. We, you know, use something a little more dramatized than it needs to be to get out of it without hurting anyone's feelings. Whereas Krista, Krista, if you don't want to do something, what do you say when you're invited somewhere? I don't want to do that. She will literally say, I no, I don't want to. <laughs> and nobody else has the audacity to just say, no, I don't want to. I don't mean it as like a personal insult. I just don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Okay. So what is it? No, I don't. I sign up for anything all the time, but what is it about socializing that bothers you the most? It's physically and mentally exhausting to me. Like this is the best way I can explain it. I'm an introvert, right? You are an extrovert. For an introvert, I thrive off of being alone and my alone time. And when I don't have to talk to anybody, see anybody, get ready, go out, do anything, that's when I'm like thriving and I'm my best and I'm my happiest. And being with like a crowd or like a series or scene of people, that like depletes me and that makes me so drained and I lose my energy and I'm, I'm like distressed. Whereas like you, who you're an extrovert, when you're alone, that makes you distressed and that depletes you because you thrive off of being with people and you want to be social and talk to everybody and communicate and all that kind of stuff. So that's the best way I can describe it. Okay, that's fair. I It's very hard for me to understand that. But like you said, it's because we're the opposite. So in a work setting, would you say that because you're not someone that's going to put yourself out there? Are you the outcast of the office? Are you the Meredith of the office? Are you the Toby of the office? <laughs> I'm the Creed of the office. <laughs> you really are the Creed of the office. Yeah. Do you have work friends? Yeah, absolutely. I have friends, but I I don't like, like you would go out with your coworkers and like hang out with them outside of work. I don't do that. I keep a separate work home differentiation. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like to mix my two worlds. When I leave work, I want to leave work and not deal with anything outside of work beyond 4.30. But you don't like to hang out with your friends either. Not really, no. <laughs> what is your ideal social setting? If you were feeling social and you were like, you know what, I, I'm feeling wild and I want to put myself out there. What's your ideal setting? I would want to have like... Breezy Haley Michelle come over to my house and like watch a movie and drink wine. That's so still a very like controlled preferred social. Like I've never really liked to go out to a bar. Like that just is tired to me. So what's interesting about you is that your boyfriend is 
like me, a social butterfly. And he likes to spend time out with his friends. He likes to go to the bar. He likes to be around people. He's got to talk. He's got to mingle. How does that work? Opposites attract. And we're the living proof it's of true. that. He'll very, very often be out socializing mm-hmm. and you'll be home and you don't give a shit. I literally could not care less. No, because if that is something that makes him happy and he genuinely enjoys that more power to him, go have fun and God bless him for not like guilting me into going with him. Like he's totally cool with me being like, fuck that. I don't want to go. Not interested. Thanks for playing. Let me do my own thing. You guys have been together for a long time. So I know this isn't the case now, but maybe back in the beginning when you started to realize you guys liked a different social setting, did you ever feel like anxiety about him being out and like drinking and like obviously around other girls when you were home? Yeah. So what about family settings? Do you find family to be exhausting socially or are you more chill with that because they're... I feel very like irritated when I'm bombarded with a bunch of questions. And a lot of times family members are so interested in our lives and that's so sweet and everything. But it's just so annoying to me when I'm asked like, what's new? How's work? How's John? How's Edward? How's the house? It's the same like six questions over and over and over again. And between my family and John's family, it's like I'm being asked these questions constantly. And it's so annoying to me that that's something that like stresses me out. And I don't like participating in like family events because of that. Do you feel like you're being bombarded with questions now? Well, yeah, but I signed up for this. So I know that I I, I was like ready to go for this. So do you think that you sometimes have to like work yourself up to put yourself into a social setting? Yes. I have to like mentally prepare to be on. Do you know what I mean? Like I have to be able to get my small talk going and like just this like different kind of attitude than I normally have. So it's like I have to be able to like prepare myself to be like that and engage with people. And I we all know that there's family members who will just talk your ear off until they're blue in the face. And you just kind of sit there and like nod your head and smile and throw in like a, oh, my God, that's crazy. Or, oh, wow, really? You know, like you have to throw in those kind of like fillers every once in a while. So I have to like prep myself to get in that mindset so that I can tolerate it and that I can give them what they're looking for. Which is, I I think that maybe I'm wrong. Do you enjoy listening? To an extent. There comes a point where it's like, oh my fucking God, are they ever going to stop talking? Okay, so let's go back to work a little bit. You are very good at your job. You're an insurance adjuster or something along those lines. Actually, what is your exact job for the record? A claims team lead. Explain what that means. Okay, so you just called me an insurance adjuster, which is what I was doing. As an adjuster, I would report to my supervisor who has six what we call direct reports of like basically a team of adjusters that reports to them and that they're in charge of and responsible for. Now I'm the team lead. I am the supervisor. So I'm responsible for a team of people. Okay. That's awesome. The average person listening 
does not know what an adjuster is. So kind of just like explain a little bit about the actual concept of your job. We handle workers' compensation claims. So if somebody gets injured and you have to report the claim to your employer and then someone has to deal with everything involved with your claim from your medical treatment to your indemnity benefits if you go out of work to any kind of permanent disability that you have to maybe a settlement. There's so much that goes into it. I literally could talk for 10 days straight about it. Um, But basically like anything involved with your insurance claim, we deal with and we take care of. So you have to interact with a lot of different parties on a day-to-day basis, right? Yes. Yes. So do you feel differently about that because it's like part of your job and you know exactly what you're going to say? Yes. And that's like interesting to me. Oh, so you're bored talking to people. And that's why you don't like that. <laughs> More or less. Um, okay, so as you obviously are working your way up in your organization, you have to get to a point where you're even considered for promotion. So I know that you've had times where you've had to like present to large groups or weren't you on like the party planning committee or something? Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah, so I'm not a public speaker. I do not like attention. I don't like people staring at me and listening while I'm trying to talk. It makes me nervous. It gives me anxiety, blah, 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 whatever. So this like party planning committee, or we call it the holiday committee, like basically this person is in charge of like organizing all of the social events for the office, which is just wild that I would ever do that. And at our like monthly office meetings, I would always have to be like, like I would have to give an update regarding the holiday committee and what we were planning and what we were going to do. And I would have to talk in front of the whole office and it would make me cringe every time. And I would be like sweating and like just so disturbed that I would have to talk in front of everybody, but I did it and I'm better for it. I have two things to say. That. One is that that reminds me of the Grinch being chosen for holiday cheermeister. <laughs> yeah. Like last person that should be holiday cheermeister. And number two is you just answered the question of what sets you apart as a Brignoni sister, which is the fact that you don't like attention because Carla and I live for attention. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. Yes. I'm, I don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me anything. I'm blending into this wall. Just leave me alone. (laughs) Okay. So we recently, like over the summer, you were forced into a lot of social situations because of the weddings. Oh yeah. Do you feel that like a bachelorette party, like I know for you going to New Orleans to Maurice's bachelorette party for four days with a big group of girls was absolute mental havoc for you? You know, I try to approach it from a perspective of Mizo and like that was something that she really wanted to do and it was important to her and this was such a special time in her life and I wanted to be supportive and be there for her and be part of it. But at the same time, when you're someone like me and like you don't really do well in that kind of scenario, it was very mentally taxing for me to be there and to do all of that. But I mean, like I just tried to take it from like a selfless perspective and like it wasn't about me. It wasn't about how I felt or what I wanted. It was for Marisa and I think I handled it okay. I mean, you know, I I had my moments on the trip where I was like, you know, needed a Xanax or needed to like escape into the bathroom for 10 minutes or whatever. And and I think that's just part of who I am and how I am as a person. And there's nothing I can do to change that. But I wanted to to be there and be present and participate in everything for myself. 
Well, what's fun about you is that when you do turn it on, you turn it on. Like you sometimes become the center of attention and it's so great for everyone else because we rarely get that from you. So we like totally get really, really into when you're feeling social. Like we were taking your your shirt off at the bar, making you ride the mechanical pull. You were making a speech to the crowd about the rules. Oh, this is a good example. Last year, me, you and Carla, after Christmas time, we did a sister's spa trip and we went to this big spa and like convention center place that's in Rochester, Woodcliffe. And so we go to the spa all day long. We go to dinner. We come back from dinner, probably just thinking we're going to put our robes on and, and watch a movie, whatever. We walk into the hotel and we see that there's a huge holiday party going on for the University of Rochester urology department. So we're just drunk enough. And me and Carla are like trying to live it up. And Krista's in the right mood. So we're like, let's go crash this party. Within five minutes, Krista was behind the DJ booth with a microphone addressing the entire <laughs> University of Rochester urology department. I can't. Got people to get up and dance. I was single at the time. She's like, my sister's single. Are there any takers out there? Like it was, <laughs> it was unreal. That is so horrifying that I did that. But it's so funny. It's such a funny memory to have. So like you also do have like social anxiety and you've told me before that your anxiety is revolved around like saying the wrong thing. Yes, because I don't like to put myself in a situation where I'm going to like interact. It's it's so stupid and saying it out loud is so stupid and I know this, but like I don't like putting myself in a situation where I have to interact with people and then like go home and go crazy thinking about, oh my God, this person said this. I should have responded with that, but I said this. And then like if for anyone who has anxiety, you know how your brain will just literally spiral in 90 different directions. And like, for whatever reason, social settings give me anxiety. So I'm always like analyzing and overthinking and wondering if I should have or should not have done or said X, Y, or Z. So it's that's another reason that I don't like to like engage in all of that kind of stuff is because I know that I'm going to have to deal with my own psychoticness when I get home and like overanalyze everything and play it out in my head. And it, it's I know that it's so stupid and it's ridiculous to say out loud, but that's just what goes on. I think probably more people have the same thing than you realize. Tell me about a time you put your foot in your mouth work wise. Why would you do this to me? And me and this one girl that both worked there were emailing back and forth about another girl that worked there and saying nasty, mean girl things. And instead of sending it to the girl that I was talking to, I sent it directly to the person we were talking about. And I've never wanted to be a dead person more. That story, I I won't say what you were saying because no, it's like yeah. really mean. It's so mean. I, I won't. I like hate myself. But that you hate yourself what? For saying all that. That was so high school mean girl. Like, and I, I don't even know if I was saying it because I truly felt it or I was just trying to like appease and get along with the other girl that I was talking to and be like, yeah, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really think mm -hmm. I cared enough to even feel what I was saying, but I just was kind of like rambling anyways to be on good terms with the one girl. So I, I don't know. It was just, it was stupid. 
you were having like a gossipy moment and then you emailed the girl you were gossiping about. And that was just God saying, don't do this because this is not how you are and this is what you're going to get out of it. Do you feel anxious right now thinking about that? Yeah, I do. You know what though? That email is the reason that I met John. Uh, Elaborate. Because, not that I met him, but that we started seeing each other because I sent that email on a Friday and I was like literally bugging out. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I was like in devastation, just going insane in my own head. I'm like, I need to do something crazy to get my mind off of this. Like, oh, this weird kid from Buffalo keeps asking me to hang out with him. Let me go to Buffalo. Let me go do something to like get my mind off of this and see, you know, just try to like get me out of my own head and go do something fun and and whatever. And so I went to go stay with him and the rest is history. You were so desperate to get away from your own thoughts that you drove to Buffalo to hang out with John Martello and you're still dating him seven years later. Yeah. So thank you to that email for where I am today. All right. So that brings me to more of the questions we have. Okay. Aside from John, who is your best kiss ever? Um, you know what? Shane was a really good kisser. Shane. All right. I have another one. Would you rather date someone with no money or someone who is shorter than you? Someone with no money. Me too. I actually think that's pretty easy. Yeah. Goldfish or Cheez-Its? Goldfish. Really? I thought you would say Cheez-Its. Oh, I don't know. I love Cheez-Its. That's a hard one. It is a hard one. I think goldfish, though. They're a little lighter. What shows do you like to watch on TV? Like, I, when I feel anxious, which, believe it or not, I do feel anxious sometimes. It's never socially anxious. It's more of, like, I'm not doing enough anxious or, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I watch TV because it just calms me. You know, like, you can zone out. Do you feel like that? Yeah. I like to watch Friends. Um, I like to watch Fuller House. That's stupid, but it's like, it's just funny because you can just laugh at it and not pay attention. Any kind of like murder show, Dateline or whatever that I can just kind of like sort of pay attention to. You obviously understand that someone's dead and they're trying to find out who did it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are some of your career goals, if you have any? To be the CEO. To, To be the CEO of what? Of Sedgwick. Oh, of your current company, you want to be the CEO. Totally. With that, though, you understand you have to have a lot of socialization. Yes, which is difficult. So you're in a new management role. So you're going to have to really be addressing and have to be responsible for six people, you said? More or less, yeah. You're going to fucking hate that. Time will tell. I'm, don't get me wrong, very proud of you. And I think you deserve any promotion that you get because I know you love your job and you're really into it. But I wouldn't wish managing people on my worst enemy. And I'm a very socially engaging person. I don't know if it's so much like my desire to do it. I don't think it's from a social perspective, but from like a power perspective. Like I like to be in control and like have things done a certain specific way and being in a position of leadership, I get to say like, this is what needs to happen. Go do it. Is that why you like hosting social gatherings at your own house? Yes. You need to be control of your own environment. Um, What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Get a tattoo. How quickly did you get it removed? I I literally had 
to wait for it to heal before I could start getting it lasered. Like I went for the laser consultation and the guy was like, it's still raw. So we need to wait for it to scab and calm down and then you can come get your treatment. And I was like, okay. You got a tattoo, the actual instant it healed, you got it removed. Yes. Goodbye. No, thank you. Who is your best friend now? Now, John. No, who's your best girlfriend now? I mean, there's not one out of Breezy Haley or Michelle. Like, I think we're all equally invested in each other's lives and they're all equally as special and important to me. I don't, I wouldn't pick one of them over the other two. What about Carla and I? Same thing. That's, I can't, that's like saying, which kid do you love the most? Like, you can't say which one. Truly, my best friend is John. Uh, do you want to have kids? No. Are you set on that? Um, I mean, never say never. Do you want to get married? Yes. You want to be married to John, but do you want to have a wedding where all the, the attention is on you for like a good solid year of your life and you no. have to engage with a lot of people? No. Okay. So you're going to elope? No, probably like a destination with maybe our parents and siblings. I don't know. I'm not okay. engaged. So ask me when I'm engaged. Maybe the people want to know. Maybe the people that know you and John as a couple want to know. Why aren't you engaged yet? That's a good question. I would defer to John Martello for comment. Am I starting to exhaust you with the questions? No. You want to do it over? Should we? No. All right. What made you want to be a claims adjuster? My dad, because he's just like the best person ever and I want to be like him. Why do you think he's the best person ever? I just love him. I think he's so great. He's so like successful and he was such a good dad and he I just think he's a very strong role model for the three of us and for whatever reason I kind of like latched onto that and he just displayed such a good sense of character and how you should be as a person and as a family man and whatever. And I just wanted to emulate that and be like him. And for whatever reason, I chose the insurance path and got into claims as he did. And here I am. So you literally just want to do everything the way that dad does it. Yes, I do. What if mom is listening and her feelings are hurt? No, I don't think it'll hurt mom's feelings. And I don't mean it in a hurtful way. Because like, I think of mom the way I think of you, like, I love her so much. And I think she's such a great person. And she's fun. And she has like a good sense of humor and a good personality and whatever. But my personality is much more like my father's. So I think I'm just naturally more drawn to be the person that he is. You know what I mean? Yes. Tell us about uh, when you cried at dad's wedding. I think that that was just a very emotional time in my life that kind of started like on a rocky road to begin with. I just was like caught off guard by him becoming engaged and, you know, he and I were not seeing eye to eye and we were having a lot of problems with our relationship between each other. And I think maybe not for you and Carla, but for other children of divorced parents, I think it's difficult to see another parent remarry. I truly could not help it. It was just emotional in the moment. And I, can you hear him? Sorry, we don't expect you to kick John out. Okay. John, you have to shut up. She was dealing with a tough breakup at the time. And John and I were on the rocks at that point, And it was just not a good time in my life. And what can I okay. say? 
Okay. Um, so tell, talk a little bit about your doggies and, and get your rescue out there. Like if we were real celebrities, then you could use this as an opportunity to promote your cause. Okay. Yes. So I work with Joyful Rescues, which is a no kill dog shelter out of Cuba, New York. I do volunteering for them on Saturdays. I go to PetSmart around where I live and show the dogs that are available for adoption. We also foster dogs, which basically just provides relief for the shelter itself and gives a home to a dog that really doesn't have anywhere else to go. I think it's important to give back and to give your resources that you have to someone or something that's in need. And that's what we're doing right now. And it's challenging and it's hard and stressful but it's also really rewarding and sweet and it's fun yeah like you just had to bring back a dog that you guys had for like a month because he was literally eating all of your furniture your baseboards your windowsills yeah he did a number on the house um I mean, the, the problem with a lot of these dogs is that you don't know the environment that they really came from. So it's difficult to gauge like any kind of training or, you know, whatever, especially for people who work during the day. So like it was really difficult for us to be able to get him to understand that he can't chew the couch and he can't chew the molding and he can't go to the bathroom wherever he wants. So, I mean, he was sick too. So that's part of the reason that he was returned, but you know, you have to think of it in terms of he's acting out for a reason and he's chewing all of the stuff and doing whatever because he probably needs yeah. more attention. So we had to give him back and we'll let them place him with a better fit. How can people get involved with the animal shelter? Um, you can go to www.joyfulrescues.org or if you don't live around here, I'm sure you can Google a shelter in your area. There's always a need for volunteers for fosters for donations whatever you can do to give anything that you can whether it be time or money or resources it's much appreciated what's your advice to people that hate socializing work-wise and personalized and family-wise and <laughs> any other way other than with I would say there's always wine and to try to understand that you really can't escape it and to try to embrace it and that in the moments when you're feeling exhausted and depleted from whatever kind of interaction you're having, you'll appreciate your moments of being alone and being in your own element and whatever that much more. It, it gives you a greater appreciation for like your normal routine and day and, and all that. Okay. Well, I think that I've asked you to speak and I've berated you with questions for long enough. So I'm going to let you go back to your quiet time and Edward and I know John just got home. Do you have any last words for anyone? There's actually, believe it or not, a lot of people listen to this more than I thought would. So really? How many? I mean, every episode has different analytics, but it's in the thousands, which is, oh, I didn't expect that. that so. No, my last words would be to try to keep a positive mindset, try to do things for other people and the rest will fall into place. Wow. That's really beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you, little girl. Say goodbye to all the people. Bye guys. Love ya. Mwah.